is the Taz and Jim podcast. Have you seen the price of Bitcoin, Jim? Yeah, it makes me sick to my stomach, honestly. I, I try not to look at it. One Bitcoin currently equals $43,423.67. I have a nerdy roommate, and he was the first one to tell me about Bitcoin. And when it first started taking off, you could buy a pizza for like 20 Bitcoin. It cost 20 Bitcoin for a pizza. This was maybe eight years ago. So... If you got on that early and bought, you know, you bought for a hundred dollars, you bought a thousand Bitcoin. Oh my God. Well, no. How about the guy who actually was, was hungry one night, <laughs> he smoked a big spliff and then he's like, Hey man, I want a pizza. Oh, don't use cash. I've got these Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. oh, 20 my. of them. We can get a pizza. Even if you would have waited three years, it would have been worth $3,000. Now it's, oh my God, a million. I still don't really understand how this Bitcoin works. Uh, apparently, you need to keep track of your password because if you lose your Bitcoin password, you cannot get access to your Bitcoin. There's a guy named Stefan Thomas lives in San Francisco. He's got a digital wallet. It has 7,002 Bitcoin in it. That's a lot. It's worth about $234 million U.S., Stefan forgot his password <laughs> to the hard drive. Oh, no. And you only get 10 guesses at the password before the drive permanently encrypts its contents and can no longer be unlocked. Oh, Lordy. Stefan has made eight wrong guesses. Doesn't he have a backup email he can send the password to? Isn't there an option? No, they don't. It's because Bitcoin is decentralized. There's no, I forgot my password option or get back my lost keys scenario. You need to have them or you're out of luck. I wonder what, like, because he must have been checking it. He must have been logging in. I wonder if he, like, cleared his cookies on his browser and it deleted his password or something or how he got into this situation. Or he had it written on a piece of paper and the cleaning lady threw it out. (laughs) It was, like, one of those long Wi-Fi ones that you can never remember. We you always are changing your password. I know here at work we have to change our password every every four weeks or something like that. So... I've got like five or six passwords currently in rotation for different things. And if I get one wrong, I'll I'll try the other one. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. eventually one of them usually works. But to know that you've already guessed eight incorrectly, like this guy's lying in bed, just racking his brain going crazy. Yeah. Probably talking to, you know, hypnotists or anybody who can get into his head and try to write down some options. If I was him... To try to make back some money, I would televise, I would set up some sort of live televised thing and have the last two password guesses, you know, live, like almost like an Al Capone's vault situation where he could maybe make some advertising money back. Because I would totally <laughs> log in to watch that guy maybe win a quarter billion dollars <laughs> or have it gone forever, right? Yeah, so he, he would... He'd figure out what his final two guesses are, and then he'd do some sort of live stream where we can all tune in and either watch him get his money or become the most miserable person on the planet. That's good TV. Uh Uh-huh. What else do you do? I have a confession to make, Jim. Remember the first time Bitcoin spiked? Everyone was going crazy for it. Do you remember what you got me for Christmas? Some Bitcoin? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. 
what was it, $20 worth of Bitcoin back in 2017? Yes. It was, you gave me a little piece of paper, like a receipt with all the information on it. Uh Uh-huh. No idea where that is. (laughs) Because I went to like some special ATM thing. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I... Maybe it's worth, I bet you it's probably only worth 60 bucks at this point. Yeah, I don't think it's 40 to, that 40 much, to but. $60. <laughs> I lost the piece of paper. So I'm not in the same situation as old Stefan in San Francisco, oh, but man. in a way I can relate to what he's going <laughs> through. January 13th, and today is the first day of the NHL season. We'll take it. <laughs> Hockey is back, and we are joined by uh, a guy who knows all about hockey, Mike Stubbs from Global News Radio. Good morning, Stubbs. Good morning. Well, this is going to be a different one, isn't it? You know what? It already kind of is. You just said it. What's the date again? What is today's (laughs) date? Yeah, mid-January, and we're just getting things going. Uh, I guess the big story, at least in this country, is we've got our own division, Thanks to the borders being shut down and travel being limited, all the Canadian teams are going to be playing each other. Yes. And that normally is not done simply because the NHL divides itself up by time zones. If you're going to be playing on the West Coast, you don't want to be flying east a whole lot. It uh, kind of takes a toll on the body. But there isn't much else we can do. The NHL has said this is going to be a one-off. Don't expect the Canadian division to live on past this year. And remember, teams are only playing in their division. So every game that is played that you watch the Toronto Maple Leafs in this year or the Montreal Canadiens or the Vancouver Canucks, it's going to be against the Canadian team. It's going to be like a a little mini CFL sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer. Jim, you brought this up earlier. It means that Uh, I assume it means that less Canadian teams are going to make it into the playoffs. Well, four of them will make it, and then you're guaranteed to have Canadian matchups in the playoffs, which could be fun, for the first two rounds. So the odds of a Battle of Alberta in the playoffs or uh, Maple Leafs-Montreal Canadian series for the first time since we weren't in mid-January in 2021. We were in the 70s. I think our pants were... uh, we're kind of bell-bottoming at the, at the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the last luck. time we had that happen. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leaf fans, how excited should they be? You know what? They should be excited, Taz. They really should be. And here's the reason. When you go back to last year, yes, the Leafs had an early exit from the playoffs. And yes, there will be people who say, well, they're bringing in players, but... You know, the veterans are kind of, Joe Thornton's in his 40s, and Jason Spezza is at the ending of his career as opposed to the beginning. And so that's, that's been kind of the complaint. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to look at teams who have won. And the Hamilton Bulldogs know this from their win in 2018 in the OHL Championship Series. The London Knights are an example. They've done this before. You bring in a veteran presence, somebody who knows how to do it. And for the London Knights in 2016, when they won a Memorial Cup, it ended up being Jacob Graves. He'd been there, he'd done that, he'd won an old, or a Memorial Cup with the Oshawa Generals. For Hamilton, it actually was a guy who was on that Memorial Cup team, and Robert Thomas, they brought him in. And it's a little bit of know-how. And that's what the Maple Leafs have brought in. 
Zach Bogosian on defense, he's got a whole lot of know-how about how to win a Stanley Cup because he just did it. And you add that to supreme skill, and you have some real incentive and some real, hey, guys, don't worry, we got this from Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza. I really like this team. And then you throw in yeah, Wayne Simmons. Stuff. You got me really pumped up here. It's, I really, really like this team this year. And you see a whole lot of surveys of general managers, and they're going to know a lot more than I am. And they're saying, ah, you know, the Leafs are going to be good, but if you're going to pick Stanley Cup finalists, they don't seem to be picking Toronto. But I don't know. This, this, this is a team that has had supreme skill. And then Forget Bitcoin. That other put all your money on the Leafs. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So what's the score tonight against the Habs going to be like 100 to 1 or something? <laughs> at least. At least. <laughs> Are the Habs looking good? You know what? They're one of those teams that it's going to take a few games to figure out just how good they are. How much did they overplay last year? How much did they kind of punch above their weight in the bubble? That's going to be a question, but they have made some decent additions as well. They've been a small team. They really have, and they went out and they got Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson is a guy from Burlington, and he almost became a baseball player. He was this little five-foot-two second baseman, and he wound up going to the OHL, and now he's a six-foot-four, two hundred and twenty-pound monster. So that's a, a good addition for them. Well, the Habs they got Corey have, Perry as well, but they put him on waivers, didn't they? He's going to start the year on the taxi squad. So he cleared waivers. Every team has a taxi squad because right now the American Hockey League's not playing. So if you have a guy get injured or he gets sick, because let's yeah. face it, COVID is already a thing in the NHL. Not it could be; it already is then you've got to have something to draw from. And so it might not be long before Corey Perry finds himself in a game. How happy is he to get out of Dallas at the right time, man? Did he ever? I mean, as much as they went to the Stanley Cup final, this is a team that has had the worst COVID problems so far. 17 of their players, and this is going back to their training camp roster, so it's not like 17 out of 23 have tested positive, but 17 Dallas Stars testing positive for COVID-19. They were supposed to start tomorrow. Uh, that's not going to happen. They're not playing that game. That's been postponed. Their first three games will not be played, and then they will hopefully be able to begin on January 19th. But, Taz, this is the big thing. This is, this is the concern because the NHL played in the bubble. The NBA is seeing this. They had canceled games last night and the night before. COVID is an issue when you don't sit in a bubble. So how can you manage it? Stubbs, is this too strange, too different of a season for you to make a prediction? Who do you think is going to go all the way this year? Who's lifting the cup? You know what? It's a strange situation in that everybody's just playing in their division, and it's almost easier to say, who won't win it? You can easily say, yeah, there are teams that can fall out of it. I got to I got a soft spot for Vegas. I really do. I mm. Something is telling me bet on Vegas, or maybe it's telling me to bet in Vegas after all of this is, <laughs> is over. I don't yeah, know. But. I miss Vegas, too. I'd love to go to Vegas with you, Stubbs. Let's do it. Uh, so how about Vegas Leafs? Wow. What, how, how would that be for a final? We'd take it around here, Jim. You'd be happy with a, with a Golden Knights 
Leafs, sure. Stanley Cup final. As long as Vegas loses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've been talking NHL. Um, don't want to get too greedy. We've got some hockey back on television, but I know London Knights fans, Hamilton Bulldogs fans really missing the OHL. What is going on with the OHL? What can we expect in terms of a season? They were hoping for February 4th. That was the plan before the holidays began. February 4th, they wanted to return and put together enough of a regular season. And then that got delayed. The WHL, the Western Hockey League, delayed theirs. The QMJHL is still trying to figure out how they're going to work. They got some government money for their Quebec teams, so they may be able to do bubbles. The other teams are in Atlantic Canada, and I think Nova Scotia, for instance, has 27 active cases. And that's it. And so they're in a much different position than Ontario is right now. So let's call it they're still putting everything on the table and they're still in a delay and they're still hoping that they can have a season. And at this point, they just have to see what happens in terms of numbers. If what we heard the Premier say yesterday has an impact and we see numbers come down, then that's a real positive. The other thing that the Ontario Hockey League has is the U.S. border, because there are three teams in the United States. How do you manage those teams? The Western Hockey League has five teams in their own division, and their plan is, much like the NHL, to play within their own division. It's difficult when you've got 17 teams in one area, and on the other side of the border, you've got three. So that's another challenge for the OHL. So lots of meetings, lots of talking, and even more hoping. We'll take what we can get then, I guess. We got the uh, the return of the NHL tonight. Leafs and the Habs, 7 p.m. Mike Stubb, thanks for coming on the show this morning. Always. Keep safe, guys. The Consumer Electronics Show 2021. This is uh, going on right now. It's, it's virtual this year. Usually it's a big trade show where the biggest names in technology unveil the latest and greatest. I'm just looking at a video here of a product that is being released. This is something we've been seeing in movies for a long, long time, Jim. And when you see it, you're like, that, that, that doesn't exist. That's not real. Like in, in the Avengers or Fast and Furious or any movie where there's like a situation room where they're putting the plan together, what do they always have in those rooms? Um... A holographic t- a screen that you can like move stuff around by waving your arms. Yes. Is are you serious? Am I right? Yes. Okay. You nailed it. Well, kind of. They always have like a piece of glass, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a piece of glass that looks like a piece of glass, and then all of a sudden, it it's like a see-through television sure. set. Minority Report. Exactly. Well, LG has announced a transparent OLED TV. And there's video of this thing working. It looks just like in the movies. Piece of glass, and then boom, there's all sorts of images that pop up and move around. There's a little uh, pad at the bottom of the thing that you can manipulate what's on the screen with. Hmm. Sounds like it's all fun and games until you get drunk and walk through it like a patio door. <laughs> I could see you doing that the first weekend. <laughs> totally. You're watching the game, you know, <laughs> kind of forgetting that it's going on. Go you get, get all excited. <laughs> 
Or Bruce the dog. Yeah, totally. Or your kids aren't paying attention. They're running around. Well, that's the same reason we don't have a glass coffee table in our house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kids would smash through in no time. You get all hammered. Ah, oh, Jim, you <laughs> idiot. You walked through the hockey game. <laughs> Now we don't know who's going to win. I was just thinking, uh, like, the old saying, you make a better door than a window. This is almost like using a window as a door. Because isn't the whole point of a TV you're able to see it? Yeah, like, it's like a door into another reality, I guess. Yeah, you, you want to see the TV, but this is... I, I don't know if this is... And, and you always you're, you have to be worried about people standing in front of the TV. Now you got to worry about people standing behind the TV. Yeah, as well. true. And because the color will fade through and then affect the 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 image that you see. I, I'm assuming. Yeah, your husband walks by, fresh out of the shower, scratching himself <laughs> behind. You're like, hold on a second. How did how did my husband get into this episode of Broadchurch? <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. <laughs> Oh, it exists. Good for them. This is how it happens. A lot of uh, a lot of innovations are made because someone has the idea and puts it in science fiction TV or movies. So I'm surprised Thor has never accidentally walked through one of those glass televisions yeah. in the Avengers headquarters. Not even the Hulk. <laughs> State of emergency in Ontario, and we're back into a, a serious lockdown. We we're just talking about. Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario's announcement yesterday, and we're getting text messages, me- Messages, Jim. People are sick of it. They're fed up. They're frustrated. We get it. Mm-hmm. We all are. We should have done this sooner. If only everyone listened the first time. But this is the situation we're in. This is the hand we've been dealt, and we've got to play it. Uh, you know who's sick of this as well? Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's fed up. Did you see that he was kicked out of a drugstore down in California because he refused to put his mask on? I did. I did see that. Apparently, he had the bandana around his neck ready to pull up, you know, like an old cowboy. You know, some people are using that as their mask. He had one available. Yeah, it was like the... Like on Survivor, they have the buff hanging around their neck. Yeah. He could have easily have just... Done it, but he decided not to. He he made a stand, and the people at Rite Aid <laughs> had to kick him out. I am shocked there's no video of this. I guess that does mean that he didn't make a big stink. That This could have been... There's a picture. Is what? Well, yeah, but he's not, like, throwing anything. He's just no. standing there very calm. He doesn't look angry at all. Like, this could have been a Christian Bale, Tom Cruise viral moment of him going bonkers, but... It doesn't it sounds like it was civil. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it was a freak out situation. They told him to put the mask on. He said no. They said you got to leave then and I think Bruce Willis left. <laughs> he has backpedaled. He issued a statement yesterday saying it was an error in judgment and quote be safe out there everyone. Let's continue to mask up. All right. Love Bruce Willis. Hmm. I would not want to be the one to confront Bruce Willis and tell him to put his mask on though to be honest. He gives you that side look. Uh huh. <laughs> he's gonna hit you in the back with a chair or something. I, I don't know, man. He's a scary dude. If you hear him say "Yippee Kai," <laughs> hit the floor. <laughs> Get on the floor because <laughs> you know what's coming next. Yeah. Hopefully, he's not wearing <laughs> shoes, and you might have a chance. Uh, maybe he just is, and a lot of celebrities might be feeling this way. He's sick of not getting recognized. 
Yeah, that's true. That all his power is gone. Yeah, he's Bruce Willis, man. He wants to be walking down the street, people. Hey, can I get your autograph? Can I have your picture? It's what he's been used to, basically his entire life. And because of COVID, it's been taken away because of his his face mask. Yeah, he probably just wanted free gas at the pump. He went in to pay for it, hoping that uh, hell, Bruce, it's on the house. Hey, I'm here for my Viagra prescription. <laughs> okay, sir, that'll be two hundred and forty-eight dollars. Pulls mask down. <laughs> what about now? You're going to have to leave the store. <laughs> I'm Bruce Willis! Yesterday on the program, we were talking about a, a story out of Spain at the Mercedes-Benz factory, a disgruntled employee who had been fired. Uh, went and found a backhoe, drove the construction equipment back to the factory, and destroyed 50 Mercedes-Benz vans valued at millions of dollars. Um, to get back at his former employer. And we posted that story online, Jim. Asked Taz and Jim listeners if they've ever sought revenge after being fired from a job. And we, we got a number of comments here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm glad I'm not a boss who's ever fired somebody because I just want to say we do not recommend any of these. This is nothing that Taz and Jim endorse. We do not recommend revenge. I'm you probably excited got fired for, for your stories now. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> they sound like they're going to be good. Just we don't want to give anybody any ideas. It's nothing like uh, smashing up uh, dozens of vans. Yeah, but, uh, the van guy deserved to get arrested. He should be punished severely. Here's one. Here's a classic revenge thing. This is from Vince. I applied for insurance quotes after I got fired and student loan programs and several other things online with my old boss's personal cell phone number. I imagine his phone blew up until he changed his number. Pretty rude. This one, Ray, I kind of got revenge on my uh, my boss. Was at a bar, uh, and then he walked in, had the bartender keep... Hold on a second. Had the barkeep pour half a glass of draft, then everyone at the bar spit in the glass. Oh, my God. Then the bartender filled the rest of it all the way up. What is that bartender doing? And then I asked the barkeep to give it to my former boss. Needless to say, she wouldn't do it. But it oh, did good. Get, it did get almost there. So the, I was going to say, the bartender is maybe the next one to get fired <laughs> if they're letting people spit in drinks and then topping them up and slide them down the bar. Yeah. Uh, Dennis says, I called a hotline, told them my boss was making sexual advances towards me, and that when I resisted, he fabricated stories against me. That is just a that's legal conniving. mess. Yeah. That is crazy. Like, the, signing the phone numbers up, that's rude. You know, uh-huh. it, it could ruin your month, but at least I was looking for stuff ball. like, oh, I before I left, I got fired before I left. I opened a can of tuna and hid it in my boss's desk drawer. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of a fun one. No, these are like, I want to ruin my boss's life. When I got fired unexpectedly, I posted an ad on Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace advertising free Christmas tree disposal. And it was at my former boss's personal residence. Instructions in the ad were to just drive up, dump the tree on the front lawn, no questions asked, no need to stop in and say anything to anybody. There had to have been at least 20 to 30 old Christmas trees on his front yard when I drove by. That was almost 10 years ago, and to this day I still laugh when I think about it. That is hilarious. It's pretty funny. Imagine the satisfaction uh, driving by that house and seeing that it worked. The plan <laughs> <Yeah>. worked. <laughs> oh, you would love to just sit there far, far away just to see the boss come out the front door and first witness it, though. The boss may be listening right now 
And this is the first time he realized why all those Christmas trees <laughs> were on his lawn. True. It's lockdown uh, city. Not allowed to leave the house unless you have to. There are um, grocery stores, drug stores, etc. will be open, but non-essential businesses, curbside pickup only, and they're open from 7 a.m. till 8. But they're saying don't leave the house unless you have to. Definitely do not leave the house in a state of emergency for a swingers party. Aw, come on. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, the Super Spreader Task Force, busted a major swingers party at a warehouse on the weekend. They, they swooped in. They had cameras rolling. The news uh, was there. This is Fox 11 News covering the Super Spreader event. No teenagers in T-shirts. Here it's middle-aged men in suit coats, women in fur coats, and heels so high they can barely walk. All of this at a warehouse on 61st Street in South Central L.A. Up on the third floor, you are now walking into this warehouse turned swingers club. Beds with condoms and towels laid out, ready to use. There are even cages and dance poles. No wonder some not too happy their fun ends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the crowd, oh, no. oh the over. I love that these SWAT team guys went through all this training, thinking they're going to bust up some terrorists or something like that, or some drug drug dens or something with criminals who've shot people. And then here they are busting swingers parties. There's, they're really happening quite a bit, and we're getting about a story a week about a swingers party or an orgy being busted. Yeah, these must have been going on the whole time. They just weren't illegal before, right? We've never been invited. This is BS. It's a major concern, though. You you know why? Because if someone has COVID at one of these events, like uh, the guy who's lost his sense of taste and smell is obviously going to be the most popular person at the (laughs) swingers party. And you know he's got a mustache. He's just going to hold all the coronavirus. He's getting right in there. Man, Carl is on his game tonight. <laughs> Can't stop this on? guy. Super spreader. Would have been a great name for a swingers party <laughs> any other time yeah, in history except yeah. right now. The super spreader event. Concerning news about Scott Weiland's son. Uh, we told you a couple months ago that Scott Weiland's son, Noah, was in a band with... Slash's son, London Hudson, he plays the drums, and in the band, bass uh, duties are handled by Ty Torillo, uh, Metallica bassist, mm-hmm. Robert Torillo's son. So it's kind of like a, a, a celebrity rock star, next generation band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they sound pretty good, and boy, does Noah sound like his dad. Like if you told me that was an early Stone Temple Pilots demo, I'd believe you. Yeah. Sounds like he's got a megaphone. Suspect 208 is the name of the band, um, and they are looking for a new lead singer because the guys had to kick Noah out of the band for drug use, and we all know that Scott Weiland uh, struggled with with the drugs 
and eventually they're what led to his death. So obviously uh, they take it very seriously. They are looking for a new lead singer for Suspect 208, and they're taking submissions. So if you want to be the new lead singer, you can actually submit a, a demo tape, and what they're asking is that you sing Black Dog by Led Zeppelin and and send that to them. If you do a good job, you could be fronting the band. Um, you know, let, me, let me give it a try here, Jim. <laughs> this is your <laughs> official you audition I got what it takes. My audition for Suspect 208. Take one. Here we go. Pretty good, if I, I do was, say so myself. I mean, shoeing? Uh, you can't get too confident, though, no matter how good you are. Because <laughs> there's always competition out there. You want to give this a try? Oh, okay, let's go, let's go. Okay, Jim Kelly's uh, audition for lead singer of Suspect 208, take <laughs> one. <laughs> They've got a tough decision yeah. to make over there. That song exposes everything. Yeah, really. The, the, the way it stops when you start singing, the guitar stops. Not uh, that the guitars would have helped us anyway. No, you can't hide. There's no hiding your voice. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.